Welcome back to the Slasher Saturday podcast. My name is Derek. My name is Eleanor. If you're new to the show, this is where we normally go and evaluate older horror movies of all different types of subgenres and evaluate their impact on the landscape today. But this week is a special episode, 28 Days Later. If you are interested in an audio-only version of the podcast and you are on YouTube, you can get that here on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, and a few other podcasting services. We also have another podcast tomorrow, Shipwreck Sunday, which is hosted by my beautiful wife, Eleanor. And (laughs) with all of that being said, 28 Days Later, this is a... uh, we're going to be referencing it as a zombie movie. I know that is triggering to some people. There's a, they're not dead. You, you can shoot them in the chest and they'll fall down. And there's a lot of differences between your, you know, Romero's zombies, Day of the Dead type stuff. And 28 Days Later, you know, it's an infection. Right. Right. But if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. <laughs> most, I think most people would consider it a zombie movie. I mean, it's got so many of those same elements, so many of those same uh, vibes, if and you will. feelings, right. Exactly. Yeah. This is a movie that came out in 2002, right? Yes, and 2002. A lot of people's first meeting of Killian Murphy, who is... Which it was my introduction to Killian Murphy. He was he was at that point, oh yeah, the guy from Twenty Eight Days Later. He was great. Right, exactly. He wasn't quite. Oh yeah, the guy who played. Um, oh shoot, what's his name? Well, it DC was a, fans roast me. It was a couple. <laughs> it was a couple of years later when he showed up as. Uh, God, I want to say Eobard Crane, but it, Jonathan Crane as Scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Killian Murphy, I've been a big fan of ever since 28 Days Later came out. And uh, of course, that is like the zombie movie that got me hooked to the genre, I would definitely say. Uh, it was just different. It just it hit different. It's a British film. It was made with a, what, $8 million budget. Yeah. So very low budget British film. Danny Boyle directed, uh, starring Killian Murphy. And it just immediately started out... And you could just tell, like, as soon as the, you saw some real footage, some real news footage from act, our real world. I can't remember what country it was from, but you can just see the carnage and the violence already Rioting. beginning to unfold. And they're showing it to the monkeys in these labs, which is just terrible because they're torturing these monkeys. And you could see these people uh, breaking in to the lab to... Uh, basically rescue the monkeys because they're some sort of activist or maybe terrorist group or some something. And they get the monkeys out. And of course, that is when the infection begins. And that's where it starts. And as soon as that lady gets chewed up, get they kill the monkey and she instantly starts throwing up blood and starts spazzing out on the floor. And she looks at the, the, uh, the, the camera and you just instantly see, like, okay, this is not your normal zombie. Yeah, she's got bright red eyes, and she's just staring all wildly at everyone. It's crazy and creepy. There's the, a lot of things in this movie that are creepy and unsettling, and that's one of them. <laughs> and just the vomiting blood is just, like, Ooh, yeah. it's gross. It looks painful. It looks scary. Uh, I can't remember which newspaper it said, but one of them called this movie at the time uh the scariest movie since the exorcist because of stuff like that 
where you got the red strobing lights, vomiting blood, spazzing on the floor, chewing up your best friend's face. Uh, yeah, it's... It's, it's it's uncomfortable. Definitely. But it does open up very similarly to The Walking Dead, and you can feel it like when you see Killian Murphy's eyes open in the hospital. It's like, oh, he's in the hospital. He's been in a coma for 28 days. Right. Because and you see that first scene, and then it says 28 days later, and then we meet Killian Murphy. Right. We meet Jim. And I was doing actually a little bit of research into... Why is the similarities there between the opening of The Walking Dead and 28 Days Later? Because the original comic series for The Walking Dead came out in 2003. And the the writer was asked, like, okay, were you, you know, this movie came out in 2002. Were you inspired by it and whatnot? And he said, oh, well, I didn't see the movie until I was already done writing the first chapter of the Walking Dead comic. And so I just kept going with the way I was writing it. And obviously, the two stories are very, very different from each other. And so the writer for The Walking Dead, I can't remember his name, but he went on to say that he thought that fans wouldn't really notice if he just left it alone, left the opening the way Rick waking up in the hospital and that fans wouldn't notice because it's a comic book, that's a movie, British film, yada yada, and whatnot. But obviously fans did because it's part of the zombie subgenre and zombie fans stick together, you know, and they watch other films. It's not right. just, and you know. And they read lore and stuff yeah. from zombie zombie archetypes so so, either it's a huge coincidence and the writer is telling the truth and he already wrote it before he saw that movie or he had written the first chapter like he said saw that jim woke up in a hospital and was like you know i had rick waking up at home but i think waking up at a hospital would be even better you know there is that but it doesn't matter at the end of the day they're two completely different stories Right, that's the that's the only kind of that's really the area only where they meet and where it's similar. Yeah, from then on, it goes on to be kind of a political allegory of you know no government and what would humankind do to women uh, in order to sustain life, sustain really. life, to procreate, to reproduce. Uh, what would they be willing to do? What would soldiers, our own army? be willing to do to their own citizens it's it gets deep man this movie gets dark this movie not only talks like about zombies but it takes a deeper cut into society itself and into what it means to be a human because in the beginning when we meet selena she's our main female protagonist she says i would kill you in a heartbeat if i even suspected you of being infected i don't care for anyone the best this gets is just being alive there is no joy we are devoid of humanity basically and in meeting two other characters frank and hannah a father and daughter she eventually starts to get her humanity back killian murphy never seemed to have lost it because well he was in a coma so he went to sleep with life the way it was, with everyone being, quote-unquote, human toward one another, and then wakes up and has to deal with the fact that, oh, the entire world has changed, and not only that, the people who are still alive are not really people either. And everyone that he knew was dead. 
Yeah, when he went to his home and saw his parents' body there, and they had left him a note that said, Jim, we left you sleeping, and now we are sleeping with you. Don't wake up. I'm like, oh, my God. That would be so horrifying. Yeah, yeah. as soon as he started going up the stairs and he covered his mouth, you knew that he was going to find them. And then later that night, he starts replaying the home videos. And I couldn't tell. Like He, he brushed his finger on top of the fridge's VHS tape, um, some of you might not know what a VHS tape is. You can look that up. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden you start seeing the footage. So I don't know if he was actually playing it, if he was just lighting the candle in the the kitchen, which then all of his, all of a sudden it that attracts one of the infected or two of the infected. One comes like a ninja from the ceiling, comes from the roof. I don't know if you like caught that. Like a ceiling like, light. Yeah. They both broke in at the same time. Like they're like you know, hey, we've done this before. Let's just you go in the back and I'll come in through the roof. <laughs> and it was just that's like, how you can tell you they're know? not really zombies is because they're coordinating right right yeah that's the difference right it's a there strategic attack that was the thing is like yeah this is different than walking dead they're strategic zombies <laughs> maybe it's part of the army of the dead universe you know could be because yeah. they're acting a lot like this like no nah, i just army. thought it was it was probably just to get the scare or whatever but it was that was a another brutal scene where they they are able to kill off the two infected but the other guy, I can't remember Mark. his name, Mark, uh, Selena ends up cutting his arm off and you get glimpses of it. They don't show all of it. And then she just hacks in. And then him. he just she just keeps going and going and going. And you He's thought like, Selena, wait. She's like, Nope, nope. You she even told Killian Murphy, you have ten to twenty seconds to make that decision. Right. You have ten to twenty seconds to kill that person, and if it came down to it, I'd kill you in a heartbeat. And it was like Okay, remember that, because that'll come back for later. But, yeah, they eventually meet Frank and Hannah, and, uh, and they know they can't stay in the city because there's no rain, there's no water, there's no food, and there's tons of infected everywhere. And, like, in The Walking Dead, being in the city is, like, the worst place you could be. You want to be yeah. in the farmlands, you want to be, like, on a farm, or locked up in a prison, or somewhere or safe on where military. Or civilization hasn't touched. Yeah, some, yeah, exactly. An island. And that's the thing, is, like, uh, one of the soldiers later in the movie is talking about quarantine. And that's obviously very triggering, for the way our life has been going the last couple of years. But right. quarantine, he was saying that there was a theory in the movie that only Europe or England was under quarantine and that the virus hadn't actually affected anywhere else in the world and that the world had only quarantined that country. Obviously, well, we know that Selena had talked about earlier in the film that, no, that's not true. It had gone to Paris and New York City already, and basically the entire world was already fucked at this point. Right. She did say that. But there was also different alternate endings to this movie, which I had no idea of until right before doing this podcast episode, was that there was three different alternate endings. One was a storyboard version, and then one of them was actually shot. Um and it was the originally going to confirm that it was quarantined and that it did not spread to anywhere else in the world. And it is later confirmed in the sequel. So right. it might, it, like Selena said, it must have gotten to Paris or New York. But as far as I know, it didn't spread across the entire world. It didn't destroy it the entire world. It may have hit world. just those three main areas, Paris, England, Unless and New York City. Unless they changed it. Unless they... 
unless you know uh that was just part of the original alternate ending but it's really interesting because we still don't really fully know it's not like they show us every single country in the world they just show little snippets right they show manchester on fire they show london completely abandoned and then they show the military base later getting overrun by zombies of course when they found out that they were as a broadcast it was one of those old school crank radios i don't know like some of our viewers might be a little young to know what those are but it would be like you crank the side and then it would be powered off of that rotation the friction causing the battery and then they got like this thing that was like if you want salvation from infection we are the answer yeah it was a recording on autoplay or replay and got the coordinates so they decide to go check it out because they know they can't stay and that is kind of where selena ends up becoming a little more open a little less guarded Uh, she gave jim a little kiss on the cheek once they got to that field and they were having fun getting burgers they raced around the grocery store to that really fun musical number (laughs) and i loved it when frank left his debit card there like (laughs) because he knows he's not gonna need it it just felt so freeing and opening i think those parts where they're just going through the car uh the aisles and just taking whatever they want you know and there's they're the only people in the store they look and frank's like no no no, you can't take this cheap garbage when it comes to liquor and he's like single malt (laughs) scotch whiskey and then he takes like one two and he's like no three four fuck it and takes (laughs) it all i mean yeah i love that of course he would not be able to drink all of those which was very sad don't even trigger me with that shit Oh, yeah. When they get like they get to the field and they see a family of four horses running as well. And it's like the lighthearted moments in the film really help balance out the scary moments. Like when they're under when they decide to go underneath the freeway and they go, let's just get this done. You and I look to each other and we go, we know this is bad. I was like, okay, that's the first dumb decision they made today. At least Jim was saying, no, go over this is a bad idea. Like Jim was us as the like, audience the entire time. It might take longer, like, but it's safer. Like this is a really bad fucking idea. You know why I know that? Because it's obviously a shit fucking bad idea or something yeah. along those lines. And it was like... Something very Britishy like that. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, yes, Jim, like that is what we are all saying right now. And then you get the flat and... Yeah, the whole After thing. After he with, raced over a bunch of cars, I didn't think that his old ass taxi would be able to make it. And then it was just like, dum, 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 dum. they're having a little too much fun. And it it almost got him in the long run. But they were able to, yeah, that whole tunnel sequence was terrifying. I mean, well, you, you can got hear the them rats. screaming. Oh, yeah, the rats were gross. And then they realized, oh, the rats are running from the infected. We got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they were they were real close to getting caught. But they end up getting to that field and, uh, of course, they had, oh, they did have to stop and get gas. And we got that little moment where Jim is just feeling frustrated and he's got to go off on his own. And Selena's saying, we don't need any more food. And he's like, oh, but we don't have any cheeseburgers. So he goes in and uh, sees what was really, really disturbing. Especially for us just now having a baby. There was a mom and a dead baby on the floor. And at that point, I just literally had to pick up my baby and hug him. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I was, love you. Was, that would never happen to you. It was pretty deep. And, you know, for an older, low-budget movie, like, you know, dead bodies could really easily look bad. But I thought they looked pretty good in this movie. They look they looked, really... It's someone who's worked in a cadaver lab. They look really and good. Then, and then he gets attacked by a boy. And we had not really seen him straight up have to kill anybody yet. Let alone and, a child. 
Yeah, and it was a little boy just trying to tear him apart. And uh, that came back later when he's at the military base. But we'll get into that. And, uh, of course, Frank's walking around, hears a bird get stuck in a body and ends up kicking this wall to try to get the bird out of the body. And in doing that, you know what's going to happen. A blood drop falls, gets in his eye, boom, he's infected. And 10 he to 20 it. seconds. Yep. And pretty soon he sees Hannah and he's like, oh, I'm sorry for losing my temper. I love you very much, sweetheart. And she's just like, Dad, what's going on? And that's when he's just like, get away, get away, get away. And as he's like screaming and yelling, you hear Frank's voice like go in and out of that like human sound to zombie, zombie screech, screech, yeah. growl type sound. And uh, the music, what was his name? John Murphy? Yes. The music oh in the whole movie has been very slow, suspenseful. It builds it, and it's very chilling and epic. Uh, the guitar, the piano, the violins, everything has been great with the music. But in this scene specifically, you'd felt for Frank and Hannah, even though they weren't your main two characters, because you had grown to love them pretty quickly. And it's just one of the things, one of the many things of why this movie is so great is just their ability to write characters and with not a whole lot of time, introduce them to you and make you connected to them. Especially because like there's a point where Killian Murphy and Selena are looking at Frank and Hannah and they're beating each other up with a pillow and like giggling and laughing together. And it's like, there is more to life because she's a girl who has her dad and he's a dad who has his daughter. So it's like they have something worth living for and they made sure that they had each other. And so then it kind of, that's when Selena and Killian Murphy start to kind of get closer to each other. And Selena really opens up at that point, I think, and just kind of accepts like this is her new family. And right. so when Frank dies in like a couple of scenes later after that, it's really hard on all three of them because they're like, oh, my God, this person that, you know, we've all survived together with. And for Hannah, her dad. Right. Like, the one piece of family that she had left in this world. And now she's totally alone, just like Jim and Selena. Uh, they ended up obviously running into the military and the military brought them back to their base. Christopher and it, Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston. Nails it every time. So good. And he was actually my introduction. Or or sorry, this movie was my introduction to Christopher Eccleston. Mine was, of course, Doctor Who when he was the ninth Doctor. He did fabulously in that role as well. Oh, yeah, of course. He's a great actor and pretty much everything is done. But for me, he'll always be the asshole from 28 Days Later. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the soldiers very quickly you discover are not really soldiers. Or if they were, they're not about keeping the peace. They were promised women. They were all ready to quit. And this camp that they had set up with the fields with mines with the gates with the trucks the only thing that was keeping them going was the promise of women they were given the promise to be able to assault women in any way shape or form that they chose and that is when the movie gets even a little darker it's like okay so they were promised you know the answer to salvation 
or the salvation from infection, which is procreation, which is procreation. So, and, and they are willing disturbing. to, yeah, they're willing to do it at any means necessary. And uh, it's a disturbing element to the movie. Um, and that's why when Killian Murphy comes back in that final fight scene, kind of like, and he sets up, he kind of does like a home alone and sets up this whole trap for these guys. It is so satisfying. He's running through the, he's running over the wall. He's running through the minefields basically to get up on top of this building, this, this facility running outside, uh, and being able to not only draw one of the infected inside to start picking them off uh, one by one, but is able to maneuver around the camp to avoid the infected, even though the infected are growing in numbers with each person that they turn. And so that, without any guns, is the way Jim is able to even the odds against this entire military so he can try and save Selena and Hannah, and I thought it was brilliant that he was able to use the infected on these bastard people that don't deserve to live by any means. They don't deserve to have the safety of that facility, and Jim knows there's no way that those three are going to be able to keep this place up. So he's like, screw it. I'm bringing the dead in, or the infected in. You know what I mean. Right, exactly. He brings the infected in, and basically, like, he does this whole number where he just looks in from the outside, sees where everyone is in the house, and will move on the eaves and stuff outside in the rain, by the way, which is very impressive that he didn't slip and fall, because I totally would have. And then he's just directing kind of where everything is going, seeing where everyone's at, and then chooses when to strike based upon that. And he does kill a couple people himself. Oh, yeah. He gets in the room when with that... That last guy who was the trying sergeant, to save Selena for himself, and he ends up bashing the guy's head into the wall a few times, gets him on the ground, and you know likes to uh, poke his eyes out. And it it's was so thing. Gets rewarding me. for me because that guy was such a dick. Yeah, that he just you're like, <laughs> yes, you know, yes, Killian Murphy. He deserved him. every second of it. <laughs> and not to mention this entire scene, this whole ongoing scene of Jim running through the facility and getting the infected to attack more and more soldiers. The music that John Murphy is playing, the guitar just slowly building and growing and growing in more intensity, was so perfect for this entire long scene, probably a five-minute scene, five-minute score. And it ends right right after Jim is done gouging out this guy's eyes and he looks up at Selena and she moves into try and take a hack at him with the machete like he was like she had to before earlier in the movie with Mark and she sees oh his eyes are still blue he's not growling hesitates. he's not spitting and then he said that was longer than a heartbeat and yeah it was a great great little moment but and then of course Hannah like they kiss each other like oh my god I'm so happy you're alive and <laughs> Hannah comes in and hits him upside the head with the face and she's he's like I thought you were eating her we were kissing I was not eating her <laughs> Are you stoned? <laughs> <laughs> That's a conversation for another time. <laughs> and right as soon as you think, okay, they're getting out of here. They're going to be good. Christopher Eccleston's characters in the back of the car. And he says, you killed my men. And just shoots Jim. And finally, Hannah, stoned as a kite, <laughs> 
backs up the car right into the mansion, and we see Christopher Eccleston get taken out of the car, pulled out by his men, and devoured. Quite literally a drive-thru delivery service. And because she pulls off immediately after he's taken out of the car, I'm like, oh my god, she just door-dashed his ass to that zombie. High speed out of there, break through the gate, and it cuts to, I think, another 28 days later have gone past. You see uh, Jim's hair is a little bit more grown out. He's still got, I think, a little bit of a wrap on his stomach but Mm -hmm. he's totally good he didn't die like in the alternate ending and they actually changed it to where he when he we see him getting resuscitated in the hospital uh by selena that was actually his death scene and they were going to leave it with selena and hannah walking out with their guns and saying okay it's just you and me now and that was the movie's ending but it was depicted as just a little too bleak so i'm really glad they changed it especially with the whole third act with the military doing the things they were doing. I think it could have ended up being a little little too too depressing, but the whole ending shot where they're running on the field with the, uh, the kite or the quilt that they had put together that said, hello, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great way to, uh, kind of call back to the original or not the original call back to the beginning of the movie where Jim is walking through London and well, it's London, right? Yeah. He's walking through London and just screaming hello probably like 30 times for anyone to, to hear there's him. There's another living human being around and there's not. No, until he gets into the church and sees oh the father. Oh my God, I hate the church scene. That's oh, the, the church, church scene is so creepy. Uh, when you walk in and it says repent, the end is highly fucking nigh. Yeah. Like, and then he says, out. he sees all the bodies in the church gallery and he says hello and that's when he just said hello and then everything that everything his life changed (laughs) after that but that's pretty much it for the movie man i mean this is such a i don't know i don't know what it is about this movie that i love so much it got great reviews it went on to be highly successful at the box office Uh, 82.7 million worldwide off of an eight million dollar budget yeah incredibly successful it's widely um referenced it's widely uh hailed as kind of the the zombie movie that revitalized the zombie subgenre because you didn't really have a whole lot of um romero i can't remember his first name but uh romero's zombie movies anymore the night the day of the dead and dawn of the dead the original trilogy uh those were kind of you know fading out and so the zombie genre really needed a revitalization and something so interesting and, and different, different, independent, low budget, but well thought out, creative and original. And it didn't feel low budget either for how no, low budget it was. not at all. It, they used their budget in the best way. Like, not, not to mention, like, I would say the only other movie that rivals the uh, scare for me, when it comes to zombies, like to me, 28 Days Later has the scariest zombies. The oh, yeah. only movie that I would say rivals it is 28 Weeks Later, its sequel. Like, I think that one might, the zombies might just be a little more scary. The dad, specifically. There's more of them and they're faster. And there's just more, more eyes gouged out, more vomiting blood. Maybe that's it. But 28 Days Later, man, still my favorite zombie movie. One of my favorite all time movies. I've been watching it since I was like five probably too early in my life but it shaped me and i i will forever be a killian murphy fan he's great in everything he's been in 
And it's great to see how far along he's come from such a low-budget, independent British film to now he's going to be starring in a Christopher Nolan movie, which he's already worked with Nolan multiple times, but now he's going to be the man. And that movie could be up for Oscar nominations, for all we know. Couldn't think of a better actor for it to happen to, honestly. He's awesome. Um, This is one of my favorite horror movies. Like, I love the zombie subgenre already. Like, my first exposure to zombies, everyone can LOL at this, was Call of Duty zombies. And then I got uh, into, like, Zombieland, and then 28 Days Later, World War Z, you know, all these big zombie movies. And I just started kind of binging all of them. Zombie books, all sorts of things. The only thing that I stayed away from was The Walking Dead, because everyone was talking about it. So I wanted to be that asshole that was like, no. I'm cooler right. than The Walking Dead. I don't need The Walking Dead. But all of the... It goes to show you, though. You mentioned Zombieland. You mentioned World War Z. There's other movies like I Am Legend, um, Dawn of the Dead, the remake, Shaun of the Dead. All of those movies were, in one way or another, inspired by 28 Days Later. It was the first movie, really, that introduced zombies that could not just run, but full-on sprint at you. And that's terrifying. Yeah, when something in this undead wants to eat you can run as fast as you, if not faster, and they don't get tired. Then that's <sighs> terrifying. Yeah. And just for everyone, little fun facts at the end here. Just just to make you feel old, just to give you an idea of how dated oh, yeah. this movie it's is. made me feel old as Oh, yeah. Hell. Oh, yeah. So Killian Murphy in 2002 was 26. He is now in his 40s. He's now 49, I believe, is what I read. 48. I'll fact check. And then... um horror movies that were released in 2002 there was a lot of really big ones so the fact that 28 days later was one of the more successful ones among this big crew oh you have my fact check it's 46 okay perfect so some of the other big ones at the time was signs the ring halloween resurrection resident evil jew on the grudge American Psycho 2, and Hellraiser Hellseeker. So a lot of the big franchises were coming out with movies at the time. Some of them, like Halloween Resurrection, were not so hot. Right, and that's what uh, 28 Days Later came in to pick it up. (laughs) Right, Resident Evil, well, Halloween Resurrection slasher, not zombie, but I get what you mean. And then it also came out a year before the first first prototype Blu-ray player. That is insane to me. Especially since Blu-ray in general is kind of a declining market, to put it kindly. Right, exactly. It's dying now, but I still I still collect my Blu-rays. I'm not hating on Blu-ray. I still collect you. But. I, I remember when Blu-ray was like, oh my God, you should get Blu-ray. It makes your TV look so much better. It's like having a movie theater at home. <laughs> <laughs> and then like just to think that, yeah, the Blu-ray's first prototype disc had come out in 2000 but the first player didn't come out till april 2003 and that was just a prototype (laughs) and then you know we always have to talk about music too because that's a big part of our lives the top five billboard hits at the time were how you remind me by nickelback foolish by ashanti hot in here by nelly (laughs) dilemma by nelly feet kelly roland and Wherever You Will Go by The Calling. And when I was telling Derek these facts, I'm like, oh, do you remember this jam? And we're singing it. And I'm like, God, that song's 20 years old now. Do you feel old? It's like, <laughs> man, I wasn't even a fan of that song, but I could tell you every single word in it. And that right. song's like 20 plus years old now. Right. And to think that our kid is going to be like, why aren't you guys listening to this? is so old. Like, 
oh my god <laughs> and pretty soon you'll be asking what are you watching and we'll say 28 days later but what do you guys think of this movie have you seen 28 days later are you a fan of this movie eleanor do you have any other kind words or anything you wanted to say about this movie well for anyone who hasn't seen it if you really like zombie movies you'll love this movie if you like more independent films that kind of have a grayer take and you want something that feels more grounded and realistic you will love this film it also has some political themes as well it does it speaks to a bigger thing than just zombies so if you want something that also speaks on a higher level this is the movie for you. I would highly recommend this movie. You showed me this movie, and I was instantly like, I love it. And the soundtrack gets stuck in my head forever. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie. 10 out of 10 zombies. <laughs> I agree. Thank you guys so much for being here on this episode of Slasher Saturday Podcast. If you are listening on YouTube, please consider giving us a like. And jump down in the comments below and give us your movie pick if you want to see your movie here on Slasher Saturday. We will, of course, give you a name shout out as well. Consider subscribing to the channel and do come back tomorrow for our sister podcast, Shipwreck Sunday. We also post content on the channel five to seven days a week right now. And if you're on YouTube and interested in a audio only version of the podcast, consider going on Spotify where you can leave us a five star review, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, and wherever else you may get your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for being here, wherever you may be, and we truly appreciate your continued support. That will be it for today. My name is Derek. My name is Eleanor. Thanks for being here.